on this week's Heartland Pod. No guest, just lots and lots of talking politics. You've got me and Sean Dillard. We're going to bring you talking politics about the bipartisan infrastructure bill and all the things tied to it. Here we go. Welcome back to the Harlan Pod. My name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. This is a, uh, a very special Heartland Pod. It's our first one for the month of August, but that, that's not really particularly what makes it special. Uh, the big, big deal here. Uh, first of all, we don't have a guest, uh, and part of that reason is for travel purposes. I'm in Denver, Colorado, not to be confused with Denver. I don't know if there's any other Denvers. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think not so. That I know of. So I'm in Denver, <laughs> uh, and that was the voice of Sean Diller, who also is in Denver because that's where he lives. So we were able to do this in person. So, Sean, super awesome to see you in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so weird. As we were getting ready to record, I kept looking for a Zoom link yeah. uh, so that we could talk to each other, but... Um, I don't actually need that because I can that. see you. It's yeah, really neat. right here. Yeah, we uh, we were just talking about uh, the last time we saw each other in person, uh, like this was the day that COVID basically like, you know, happened so to speak. Yeah, March twelfth <laughs> or thirteenth, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Sean was at my house. We were working on a speech for Heartland Strong. Heartland Strong was launching like the next day, and. Uh, uh, you know, lo and behold, that was the day that the world shut down. So yeah. we was, took a step back, and it was pretty wild. It was also the day that you cooked a insane ribeye. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I did do that. I that did. was really, well, that's what I think I about. I did. I did do that, yeah. <laughs> well, practice and all that stuff. So I like to practice that. It's just, it's, it's just more of an art, less of a skill. But uh, anyway, so uh, so we're just talking politics today. Um, we are, we're here in Denver. We're in a really cool office space that, uh, Sean utilizes for other work purposes. And, uh, uh, we're just in, in downtown, been walking around downtown Denver. We're at a brewery and just having a day, uh, getting ready for a concert, but there's something, uh, there's some important stuff to talk about. So, uh, first topic, well, Sean, let's, let me double check this. So I have on here first topic, January 6th commission, the committee meetings. What, what do you think? What do, is there something here? Do we need to get into that? Uh, I mean, I think my hatred for Kevin McCarthy is really, um, you know, not newsworthy. So I think we can probably just <laughs> skip it. Yeah. 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 That's probably, yeah, we can move on to something. You know, I know there's a lot of folks out there that are paying close attention to him and I hope good things happen, but we can, we can move on to real things that are going to impact people's lives in meaningful ways, uh, like the bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, that was. So here's the basics. Uh, Democratic Senator Kristen Sinema and Republican Senator Rob Portman uh, were the two lead negotiators, uh, and they both announced Wednesday's agreement uh, separately to reporters. So you've got a, a moderate Democrat from Arizona, a heavily contested swing state, and uh, – I, I guess Rob Portman is trying to pick that mantle back up of a moderate Republican. I guess, I don't know, maybe just join the semi-respectable ranks of right. Jeff Flake and yeah. maybe Bob Corker, I guess. Other people who are obviously well, going to be forgotten. And in a, in a state that, you know, I think because Trump has won the state of Ohio, people think it's a wildly different state than it ever was before. But, like, you can't you, you can't forget how industrial and urban uh cincinnati really is and how big it really is and how much reach it really has and 
I think that's pretty important in a state like Ohio. Yeah, yeah. This Senate race is going to be super important. And yeah. I think they've got a, a governor's race happening, too. Right. So it's a big state also. It has a ton of people. And so, yeah, I think it's definitely uh, And anybody who's driven through Cincinnati, by the way, in the last few years knows, like, they need infrastructure money. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're working a lot on Cincinnati, so... I'm sure that's a good thing uh, for him. So anyway, so they uh, announced the bill, uh, a major expansion. Uh, this is from the uh, uh, CNBC article that I've got. I'll have links to a, a few good articles in the show notes on this stuff. So a major expansion of high-speed Internet, uh, spending for roads, bridges, public transit, funding for clean drinking water, uh, may include something on climate change, money for electronic vehicles, modernizing the power grid. So... All really good stuff, all stuff that we certainly need, uh, for sure. Um, Sean, I mean, you know, just kind of your initial thoughts before we get into some of the nitty-gritty here. What do you think about this overall? Yeah, I think it's really great for the American people. And, you know, it's really great. It's definitely a big win for President Biden if he can get this signed into law. But really, I mean, the fact that we might have 17 Republican senators joining 50 Democrats to pass a trillion dollar investment in our communities is super encouraging for our democracy, not to mention just the huge amount of money that's going to be flowing into communities, which is really, really great. There's $55 billion for clean drinking water infrastructure. And, you know, that's one issue that I think, you know, the educated elite, you know, kind of higher income progressives that are making up more and more of the democratic base, you know, it's just not something that they deal with ever. And so they faint at it. They'll bring up Flint here and there, but when it comes down to it, they're not, they're not turning on their tap and seeing any color. So what do they care? Right. They, yeah. And so I think Republicans and Democrats both know that this is something that needs to happen. And so really it's just other stuff like this. Same with broadband inve- investment in roads. It looks like $65 billion for broadband. That's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And $110 billion for, for roads. And, you know, I'm definitely a conservationist. I want to see cuts in carbon emissions and I want to see us take bold action against climate change. And when I think about investment in transportation here in Colorado, especially, there's been this big push and pull between this idea that investing in roads is part of the problem and right. we really need to you know section off a big chunk of money for trails or you know more for public transit right. but you know electric cars can run on roads and right. uh, rapid transit buses can run on wider roads right. and so you know i'm glad that democrats and republicans were able to come together and hopefully we can get this thing passed into law well and definitely if you're uh, you know we've been driving around here in denver the last couple of days and um you know if i was going to be dropping money on an electric vehicle that is a little less rigid, a little less rugged than some of what your standard stuff is, I wouldn't want to drive on a lot of these roads. I mean, there's some tough spots. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the freezing and thawing right. and the plows here, like the roads, <laughs> federal especially, you're saying yeah. over on yeah, federal. Yeah, go federal. up and down it's, federal, yeah. It's not a, I mean, it's, it, it's not a pleasant drive. It's not like a Sunday drive or anything. Yeah, it makes you probably want to grab a rental the next time you're in town. <laughs> well, we did. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we brought a rental. Yeah, I, I knew what I was getting into, uh, but that kind of goes to the point, right? I didn't even want to bring my own vehicle out here because I knew, like, like it's not even so much about the miles because we drove out, but it's more about driving around Denver. I was like, I don't want to do that. That's that's a lot. It's taxing. Right, right. But um, So anyway, infrastructure, good. So that's thumbs up on that. Uh, and then we have Joe Manchin's statement, which and we'll come back to it more robustly, but 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to read it in case folks haven't seen it because I think it's worth uh, hearing. Joe Manchin said, we are proud to announce that we've reached a bipartisan agreement on our proposal to make the strongest investment in America's critical infrastructure in a generation. Our plan will create good-paying jobs in communities across our country without raising taxes. Reaching this agreement was no easy task, but our constituents expect us to put in hard work to show that two parties can still work together to address the needs of the American people. We appreciate our colleagues on both sides of the aisle and the administration working with us. Uh, to get this done, and we look forward to earning broad bipartisan support among our Senate colleagues for this historic legislation. Uh, so I think a nice statement, but there was one very particular name that I did not notice in that statement. I mean, there's maybe, really maybe no maybe other two. names. Yeah, right. you mean uh, President Biden or maybe Senator Kirsten Sinema? Or yeah, or Kamala Harris. Vice yeah. President Harris, yeah. Yeah, Joe Manchin would love for us to think of this as the Joe Manchin Trillion dollar infrastructure. That's right. I think so. I mean, we appreciate our colleagues on both sides and the administration. Like, it's almost an afterthought. (laughs) Thanks for joining me in this historic effort. (laughs) We're glad you could come along. Um, So we'll come back some to Joe Manchin. But uh, let let me tee up this, this question to you. Politically speaking, right? This is talking politics. Isn't this... You know, we've got 17 votes in favor from GOP senators, including McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Roy Blunt, and several... We'll get to the list. Isn't this for Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, who had a lot to say, by the way, after January 6th? Um, is this kind of the easiest way for them to sort of signal to the Trump camp, like, we're done with you. This, this is We're handing this win to the guy that you really hate that he beat you, and we're doing the exact thing that you tried to do for four years, and we're doing it in six months. Right, right. Yeah, I think when I look at the names, Lisa Murkowski— right. There's also Susan Collins, Bill Cassidy, who's done some more moderate things lately, the physician who's a senator from Louisiana. It looks like we're kind of starting to see this Chuck Grassley. Lindsey Lindsey Graham, to me, is huge. Right. Mitt Romney, Romney. who voted to impeach the the former president. Again, Portman and McConnell. Right. I mean, McConnell. That's that's Richard Burr and Tom Tillis of North Carolina. Which the Richard Burr one's not surprising, right? right? We know where he's been for some time. Tom, tell us, he's new, right? That's surprising. Yeah. This is going to be the first real big thing that he gets tied to. Right, right. Yeah, and I mean, I think we're starting to see this. You're right. I think it's people who are ready to turn their backs on Trump, and this is a way to do it by they're acknowledging that Joe Biden is the president and that the Democrats are the ones who are able to pick what legislation gets passed. And... So they're getting behind this investment in communities, especially because they were able to do it without raising taxes. And so I wonder, you know, hopefully this coalition, it just represents a bigger group of senators. For me, I think, you know, it it was only Mitt Romney in terms of Senate Republicans who voted to impeach. And now we have Mitt Romney along with 16 other sort of more establishment, not that that's good for regular folks, but... More establishment Republicans, right? Yeah, essentially, essentially so, and it and it is a, you know, it's. I feel like politically, it's very hard for them to lose because the outcome of this is stuff, right? It's tangible. It's projects in your state. It's projects locally. It's people. It's shovel ready jobs. Absolutely, it's the kind of stuff where you can take a picture with a hard hat and a shovel in front of a you know ceremonial first dig, you know, all that right. kind of stuff. Yeah. Like all of that can happen. It's really good politics from that standpoint. Um, and it's also that demonstration to be able to say, 
like they they now get to say, don't listen to the Democrats. We're not extremists. We're not we're not some wacky party of extremists. We're right. here to govern. We're here to do the things the government does. And, you know, we were able to support this because of the tax issue, right, that it was essentially a revenue-neutral uh, scoring on right. this bill. So we're not raising any taxes, but we're using the tax money for the American people, and we need these things in our communities, regardless if they're red or blue communities. Um, you know, and, and look at how good we are at governing you know, it wasn't our fault. It was never our fault. So right. I think there's something to that. I mean, you think, like, politically speaking, there's anything to that, trying to appeal to those those Obama-Trump suburban voters that way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitely Republicans in the United States Senate who do see an incentive in their voters believing that they're willing to work across the aisle right. to get things done and bring money home for the district. And right. I think, you know, a guy like Chuck Grassley is a great example of that. You know, Iowa farmers want someone who will bring home the bacon and, you know, talking about hog states, you know, both North Carolina senators who are Republicans voted for this. And so, right. Another big hog. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, you know, there, there's an opportunity. I think this is the list of senators who is secure enough to basically do a favor for real people and the corporate interests while kind of like, like you said, turning their back on the idea that they need to show fealty to Trump all the time. Right. So the, the full list, just <clears throat> uh, in case folks haven't looked at it, because um, why would you, unless you do this. Um, so it's Roy Blunt, Missouri, who's retiring. Uh, obviously not George Hurley. He did not vote for this. It's actually George Harley. George Harley. George Harley. Richard Burr, North Carolina. Uh, Shelley Moore, Capital of West Virginia. Bill Cassidy, Louisiana. Susan Collins of Maine, who gets i guess she's back on the right track here yeah she doesn't have to face re-election for a long time which it seems like this would have been the right vote if you were facing election bringing this money home so that's what's really interesting she has space to have avoided it if she wanted to chuck grassley's up for election in iowa his makes a ton of sense yeah 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 he's got to show some something for his people kevin kramer north dakota mike crap of idaho lindsey graham of south carolina chuck grassley iowa uh, Joe Hamden of North Dakota. So both North Dakota senators. Right. Interesting. Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Um, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Rob Portman of Ohio. Jim Rush of Idaho. So both Idaho, both, both North Dakota, both North Carolina. Mitt Romney of Utah. Tom Tillis of North Carolina. And Todd Young of Indiana. Who right. I do not know who that is. <laughs> to be very honest with you. Well, he's one of those two senators from Indiana, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah i guess so there are like so in ohio they have two all the states have two u.s senators of course and so ohio has a democrat sherrod brown and rob portman so both of ohio's senators voted for it right this is just the republican list yeah and so similarly you know west virginia you know shelly moore capito the republican and joe manchin the democrat voted for it both maine senators voted for it yeah but it's not but you know both north carolina senators voted for it it's very interesting it's super interesting yeah, because there's states where it's not like that, but it would make sense for it to be like that. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, four years of infrastructure, we came and went, um, you know, with Donald Trump and none, none infrastructure did it happen. And yet here we are six, seven months into this administration. And it looks like this is part one of two. Right. A pretty massive uh, infrastructure bills. And this one's going to be by part. And, you know, it's the one thing that the media, whether it's the media on the left the media on the right, the one thing they've tried so hard to hang Joe Biden with is that failure to have bipartisan outcomes 
in legislation. Like that has been a huge talking point. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was a big thing that he ran on and being able to demonstrate the ability to bring people together and get things done is, is just a huge step forward. It's, yeah. it's a big win for them. Absolutely. So speaking of big wins, let's talk about Joe Manchin. Uh, we talked about his statement that came out earlier, uh, and it didn't just come out. Uh, you know, this was not Joe Manchin in the Washington Post or anything like that. This was uh, a with his logo, uh, just his name. It's the only name in it. It's very clearly prepared by staff. This is not just a uh, willy-nilly kind of thing. So my question to you, Mr. Expert uh, Political <laughs> Consultant uh, Guy, is is Joe Manchin running for president in 2024? I mean, I hadn't thought about that until today, <laughs> which, you know, he's already been governor right. of his state. Right. And, um you know, I think he's going to milk this Senate gig for all it's worth pretty successfully. So when right. I think of it in those terms and along, just like you said, with the uh, announcement and specifically leaving out any other names of, right. of who might have been responsible, it does make me think that he would be one of the names to jump in for 2024. Right. You know, even if that's to the horror of a lot of the Democratic activists, you know, when I think of really who is the base of the Democratic Party, it is people who are, you know, they do tend to be more socially conservative and fiscally conservative than the left wing of the party. Right, right. And, you know, especially if the field is crowded, you know, right. I could see him going really, really far and maybe even locking up the nomination. Well, and we've, we've talked before about, um, you know, I talked with uh, uh, Senator Alder, Senator, I tried to do it again. I tried. I tried to promote him again, uh, <laughs> Representative Aldrich. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to get him up there. Um, but uh, you know, talk about that that bridge building thing, and like, what an effective campaign to be able to say, "I built that bridge. That was me." Um, because Kamala Harris can't say that right. at all, and we know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that. Anyone who wants to look for a reason of, you know, what happened to get these 17 Republicans on board, I think probably Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema right. are, you know, really a part of that. And Rob Portman, of course. But, you know, it's these senators working together because yeah. I don't think Vice President Harris has really any kind of capital in the U.S. Senate. And, she appears uh, to have none. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from what I can tell, her capital is the fact that she's the deciding vote. If it's a party line vote, that appears to be at this point the extent of her capital. Yeah, yeah. And so if, if Joe Manchin starts to position himself as the guy who can bring people together and, you know. Because we don't even need her vote now. Right, right. Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema could be the, you know, the ticket for right. the Democrats in 2024. Right. Yeah, you said we were, we were prepping for the show and having a couple of beers and you threw that down. And I just, I didn't even have a real response for that. I don't even know how to, because my God, it just makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Like it just works. And I just thought of this, as far as I know, Kirsten Sinema is safe in her Senate seat until 2026. Right. So, so she's, she's not even on the ballot that year. Yeah. Yeah. So why not run for president? Well, and, it, it, you know, we keep waiting for Biden to say something. What You know, he's kind of made some head fakes toward 2024 and sort of, you know, indicated maybe some implications. But ah, I, I just I, I don't know that he can run. And I just feel like from a legacy standpoint, like if if. If he's looking at what I think he's looking at, which is way more legacy than anything, right? 
the one term bring I brought it all back together. I got bipartisan legislation passed, and I was able to hand the torch off, right, and keep democracy rolling. When if if he passes this four trillion dollar or three point five trillion dollar budget reconciliation bill that right. makes his extended family tax credit permanent, he won't have to do anything else, right? Why I I don't see any way right. that it, he would run for reelection. What's the point? Right. Well, you what won. else can you possibly you do? Proved to everybody <laughs> that you could do it. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, I like that for him. He wa- he ran for president the first time in 1988, yeah. and uh, he wasn't ready. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was America who wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Michael Dukakis. Think about that. Think right? about that. Really think about that. Michael Dukakis won that primary. Wow. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it wasn't because of his sunglasses, I'll tell you that. No, no. Well, that's Talking Politics. Uh, Sean Diller, this was awesome. I'm so glad we got to do this. And uh, let's go have another beer and uh, go to a concert. Sounds good. Thanks so much, man. (laughs) Later. The Heartland Pod is a production of Mid-Map Media LLC. This is recorded on August 1st, 2021.